Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. And uh, Bill, according to the Atlantic Monthly, uh, someone inside the White House says a, a few choice words, or at least one particularly choice word, <laughs> a, a uh, uh, impolite poultry reference for the head of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu. What the heck is going on? It's really unbelievable. I mean, I don't really recall anything quite like this where a senior administration official speaking anonymously, but not off the record, in the sense that he was willing to be quoted as a senior Obama administration official, um, uses an unbelievably derogatory term, uh, which we won't repeat on this family-friendly podcast, perhaps, but sort of vaguely chicken, <laughs> what, chicken... Uh, unkind poultry reference, Unkind perhaps. poultry, yes, use an unkind poultry reference about the prime, about A, the head of, the head of government, period, B, the head of a very friendly government of a country that's a very close ally, See a person who had rather a distinguished war record, and if we're getting into the, you know, question of calling people chickens, that may not be the best thing for some White House staffer. Not the best fight or the best contrast with his boss and others uh, uh, to pick. So it's pretty unbelievable, really. And they have two more years in office. They have to work with Prime Minister Netanyahu. This isn't a backward-looking God. Thank God. Thank God that guy's out of power. We can now trash him. This is going to affect actual policy. And it's totally irresponsible. And leaving aside just how tasteless it is and how stupid it is and the fact that a lot of Americans like me admire Netanyahu and think he's been a pretty good prime minister of Israel, a pretty good friend of the United States, you know. Um, leaving that aside, it, how stupid is it? How, 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 it's just how sort of uh, um, self-indulgently uh, spiteful, I guess. They're sitting there in the White House. They're, you know, they're going to lose the election next week. Their foreign policy is in tatters. They're getting criticized, and this is what they do. They lash out. It's, it's juvenile. I've uh, been uh, scouring Google for references to the head of Iran as chicken. <laughs> I've been, or the, you know, the even the leaders of ISIS, uh, and I, I can't seem to find them. And I, I guess, you know, there was a, there's been a lot of talk about kind of an undertow of, or an undertone of. Uh, of animosity towards Israel, towards the government of Israel. I remember right before the 2012 election, the you know President Obama made a big deal about. I've been one of the, Israel's best friends. What are you crazy? We love you. You know, it's going great. Uh, is it now clear to everyone, Bill, that that's hasn't been true? Is not true? And do you think that Jewish voters or voters who put our relationship with Israel and Israel security, you know, as as a, a front and center, are they going to see the, the direction that the Obama administration has been going all along now? I mean, I hope so. Certainly, I think pro-Israel Americans, including uh, some Jews, not all Jews, unfortunately, but many Jews, uh, will be offended by this. And that, that it is just a, you can differ with Netanyahu's policies. You can say, I wish he had done A, B, or C differently. I think he's a kind of a stubborn guy. No one would care if a White House official said all those things. Everyone knows that that's what the Obama administration thinks. It's the personal, juvenile, uh, um, derogatory character of the comments. And again, especially ironical, given that the guy something of a war hero, and his brother was a great uh, uh, super war hero who died, of course, in the integrity raid. I mean, it's so inappropriate. That, I guess I come back to that, you know, it just shows a kind of mindset there in the White House, the bubble they're living in, uh, uh, that someone would say that to a reporter. This isn't, again, think of a lot of, sometimes these, these kind of scandals or gaffes or whatever you'd say, someone overhears someone else saying, some, someone's caught on tape when they think they're speaking privately to another world leader. Okay, you know, people... Uh, obviously, you let your guard down. You're talking to someone else about a third person. This was talking to a reporter for an article that reporter was writing, and he was willing to be quoted saying that. He wasn't didn't have the courage, he or she didn't have the courage to put his name behind it. So I do think the degree to which when people think about it, 
sorry, last night I'll, I'll interrupt myself. I, I thought oh, that's probably just a short lived story, you know. And I thought about it a little. I thought, you know, this is going to actually get linger and get kind of more offensive to people as they think about what I was just saying that this is a purposeful uh, slight and more than a slight insult to a man who, whatever they think of his policies, whatever they think of him, even you don't insult a leader like this publicly. So I think it, it's got real resonance. Um, I think it will certainly cement the view, not just that the Obama administration has policies, policy disagreements with the Israeli government, which I think everyone knows, but that its its spirit is not a friendly one towards this Israeli government, and maybe towards Israel at all. But you know, if you insult the lead, elected leader of a country in this way, you're kind of insulting the country. You know, I mean, it's uh, and think of this: when when the Defense Minister of Israel, Yalon, I think he said that John Kerry, our Secretary of State had a messianic view, didn't he say, about the peace process, right. that he thought he was going to get a Nobel Prize. He was somewhat derogatory about Kerry. It wasn't personal, you know, it wasn't an insulting word, but it was a little bit, um, uh, didn't show a very high opinion of him. And our State Department had a hard, big fit, a hissy fit. They called on the <laughs> Israeli government publicly to apologize. This is ten times worse than that. And what is the White House doing, incidentally? Has President Obama called his senior aides in? There are only a half dozen people it could be. And say, hey, whoever said this, I want to know, and you need to either publicly apologize or resign. And, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, they treat this as if uh, this is just business as usual. It's really. It's but what really about bad. the what about the uh, the heart of the argument that was made in such an ungracious way, which is Benjamin Netanyahu lacks courage when it comes to a confronting the uh, pro settler pro you know, whatever, whatever, I don't know Israeli politics well enough to describe, right. but you know, that wing that's, the, 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 that's a part of the, of his coalition. Uh, and then also he doesn't have the courage to make a peace deal uh, for a two state solution. But the context of it, I believe in the actual article, is he, the, the, the Obama administration is boasting that they sort of deterred uh, this from attacking Iran in 2010. And then they say, you know, he's a, chicken, whatever. He, he, he didn't really come, didn't even have the guts to do that then. So they're now, in a way, taking credit for saving the Iranian nuclear program from an Israeli attack. And it's kind of jaw-dropping, except that it turns out, there's a front-page article in the Wall Street Journal today, that the Obama administration is, in effect, pursuing a kind of detente with Iran. And as my colleague Steve Hayes pointed out, uh, the, the, this is much nastier what, what's been said about Netanyahu than pretty much anything they've ever said about any leader of Iran, which is busy executing uh, people right and left and f- funding terror and, and building nuclear weapons secretly and so forth. So it really is, the more you think about it, actually, the more shocking, as you can tell from my voice, probably, the more shocking it is, the more foolish it is, the more offensive it is. And I think I would have said if we had talked 12 hours ago, I would have said, it would have been the middle of the night, but I would have said, um, I don't think this will have much political effect, you know, I mean, in the Senate race. I don't know. One Republican Senate candidate, I happened to talk to him just randomly this morning, um, and he said he spoke at a breakfast this morning, 200 people there, utterly just a standard campaign stop, wasn't focused at all on Israel or anything. It's not a state with a lot of Jews, so I don't think there was a big Jewish audience there. And he, he emailed me, he said his the line he used, that he just, he obviously thought it up, you know, while driving to the breakfast, was, it was just in the news, was that Benjamin Netanyahu in his youth was a member of Israel's Special Operations Forces. Uh, Israel's a friend of the United States, and Benjamin Netanyahu has shown a lot more courage in his life than some, some anonymous political staffer in the Obama White House who attacked him with this derogatory term. And he just kind of put that in his speech because it was, on, he believes it, and because it was on the top of the news, standing ovation, he said. I think the degree to which normal Americans think this is just 
really inappropriate and foolish and juvenile behavior on the part of a White House that they don't much trust anyway. And the degree to which these Democratic senators and Senate candidates are associated with that White House, I think it could have some spillover effect. And there is this kind of odd dichotomy where you see places where presidential leadership forcefulness could be used, for example, against ISIS. ISIS, which, of course, would love to see Israel pushed off the map, among many other things. That's not what they're working on right now. Yeah, and yet, right. where is the president on ISIS? You know, there's very little talk about it. When he does talk about it, his actions don't meet the talk. Uh, and then he finds time as ISIS continues to expand, as his bombing uh, campaign is not driving them out of Kobani. And, and, and we just had 30 uh, uh, Iraqi men killed in the last 24 hours just outside of Baghdad and on and on and on. You look at this guy who he clearly doesn't have his game together when it comes to the Middle East. And now he's going to slap down Benjamin Netanyahu who's right in the middle of this fight. No, it's amazing. I mean, and, and Netanyahu incidentally has been as the quote, Jazz has actually been restrained in his dealings with Iran, uh, responding to our repeated requests, uh, who in terms of settlement policy is building some apartment buildings in East Jerusalem, which is always going to be already a Jewish part of the city, this part of East Jerusalem, and was never going to be handed back under any possible peace scenario, peace agreement scenario. The administration is having a big fit about that. I mean, Netanyahu is actually trying to work with this administration. They have a pretty different worldview. Uh, and instead, all he gets is, is contempt from some anonymous White House staffer. So I, I think that, yeah, you're right. It reminds people generally of this administration's foreign policy of a petulance and really hostility towards friends and allies combined with weakness towards enemies. And that is the core critique of the Obama administration. And I think it's a correct one. So then the question comes, will it have an impact? In, you know, We've got close elections. Both teams are trying to motivate their base as much as they can. Foreign policy motivates some people. It's not the big hot top of front of the page today as far as voter, when voters list their uh, top concerns. But do you think it'll be enough to affect the elections? And generally speaking, where do you think we are just a few days ahead of the election? I think there's a mild Republican trend in any case. And so I think they're heading towards a good result, the Republicans. You and I have discussed this many times. I would have preferred a more aggressive strategy back in August, September to try to get some issues out there. Uh, for a positive Republican agenda, um, they chose not to. Maybe they were right, honestly. Maybe they were just they were just counting on Obama being weak, and that may well uh, pay off. I think they're likely to pick up, you know, eight to ten Senate seats, for example. But I do think this helps. Not so much that it's going to some voters going to change his mind or her mind in the next week based on this. But if you're already leaning a little against the Democrat, maybe you voted from last time in your state, but. You know, you really don't think Obama's doing a good job. You don't want someone who votes with Obama 95% of the time. This could be the straw that just pushes you over the edge to voting for a Republican. Or you're someone who doesn't like either party. You're thinking of staying home. But you know what? Maybe you really do want to send a signal. So I, does it move, you know, 10% of the electorate? No. Does it move 1% of the electorate or help move that final 1% that's up in the uh, 1-2% that are in play in some of these close states? I think it could make a difference, Yeah. Are we still, final question, are we still at on the verge of a Republican takeover of the, of the Senate, do you believe, Bill Crystal? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. That was an easy last question. Okay. Hey, anytime. <laughs> you, I give you these definitive answers, and then maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. <laughs> uh, well, look, no one's going to be calling you chicken, whatever it is, anytime soon when it comes to political predictions, that's for sure. Well, that's nice of you. That's nice of you, Michael. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us for the Weekly Standard Podcast. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.